This episode is supported by Earn In. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn now can be in your hands today with Earn In. Earn In is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Super, super easy to use. You just download the Earn In app and verify your paycheck. Then you can access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. So the app is free. You can leave a tip if you want. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So here's the thing. Sometimes getting close to your next paycheck, next pay period, and you realize, oh gosh, like paycheck doesn't come until next Friday, but we have this event that we need to attend this weekend and we need money for it. Or we have to buy a gift for someone. Or, oh my gosh, like my kid tore through their shoes and now we have to buy new shoes this weekend and the money's not in the bank yet. So Earning can help you access the money you've already earned at work by giving you this little bit of money in advance. So make Earnin part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security, and it gives me a lot of peace of mind. So for our listeners, all you need to do is download Earn In today. It's spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, and you can download it in Google Play or the Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Shameless Mom under podcast when you sign up. So there'll be a little place where you can, where it says, what podcast did you hear about them on? Type in Shameless Mom under podcast. This helps to show support for our show and our advertisers. Earn In is a financial technology company, not a bank, and subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust member FDIC. This is the Shameless Mom Academy episode 772 with Monica Plath. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 772. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community, so be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. As a working mom of two active toddlers, Monica Plath intimately knows the anxieties parents and caregivers faced when they are apart from their children. That's how she came up with her idea for Little Bird, a wearable tracking device that offers parents and caregivers peace of mind and real-time data about their children or whoever they're taking care of, perhaps an aging parent, perhaps a dog. In the middle of the pandemic, Monica found herself on Zoom while nursing a newborn and meeting with software developers to meet milestones for deployment. During this time, she also wrote a children's book for charity and created a wine for moms from unused grapes from an award-winning vineyard, all from little rural Yakima, Washington, just a few hours from where I live. The pandemic enabled her to go digital, file four patents, raise $2 million in pre-seed money, and resource the best minds in the business to create Little Bird while raising two small children as her marriage was falling apart. I'm telling you, Monica is a force. So we're talking today a little bit about Monica's path, Monica's path into being a tech founder. We're going to talk about Little Bird because it's a really 
fantastic device, but it's also really interesting to see Monica's or hear Monica's take on technology, especially when it relates to our kids and how there's some holes in the marketplace there and what she's doing to fill that hole. So the Little Bird Care Tracker is a wearable device that connects parents with their children anytime, anywhere with on-demand information about who your kids are with, where they are located, what they're doing, even how they're feeling. While originally designed for children ages one to six, this device is also going to be used for as a game changer for caregivers of people and even pets of all ages. This is really significant technology when we consider the really wide breadth of who it could be used for. Even though it was originally designed with one to six-year-olds in mind, Monica is just constantly being able to expand her vision of what is possible with this device. And you're going to hear some of that in our conversation. So with all that, listen in to hear Monica share her reluctance around being a tech founder and then her shift to totally embracing it. What inspired her to create Little Bird when she was pregnant with a toddler under tow, and she knew that she needed a way to support and monitor her child in order to keep him safe? How Little Bird answers really specific questions in real time, such as the question, is my child safe? What is my child doing? How is my child feeling? From there, we dig into talking about the power and the importance of care transparency, which this was a really eye-opening piece of the conversation for me and something that really stuck with me after the fact as well. Then Monica talks about how our current care economy is underserving parents, and we dig into her advice to other moms out there who might have an idea and how to take initiative to get started. So with all that, please join me in welcoming Monica Plath to the Shameless Mom Academy. Monica, welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm so happy to have you here. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for hosting this morning. Of course. So I have to tell our listeners who can't see us on camera right now that we are both living our best, most chaotic mom slash business life today in our white V-neck tees. <laughs> we showed up both feeling, I have a sick kid, you're at a conference that you've already been at for like 18 hours in a day. And yeah, and we're both feeling like totally like we're on top of our game, but we're in our white V-necks and we're going to make some amazing content. <laughs> I think that's just like such a, you know, euphemism for like how we are as moms and as like yes. founders, right? We're just, you just make it work. Totally. Yes. And it's so fun. I love that you showed up to the conversation. Like I haven't showered and I'm like, yeah, like, can we talk about that more that like, sometimes we just don't shower because we're busy doing other things that are more important. <laughs> like, yeah. Go like, ahead yeah. and judge. Yes. A 6am coffee. I was like, yeah, I can absolutely be there. Someone texts you. You're like, you know what? You just, it's serendipity and you just got to make yeah. things happen. I'm like, I will just fit this in a different part in the day and you just go. And, yeah. um, it's the energy, right? And you're totally people are like, Oh, like, how do you do it? I'm like, well, adrenaline B I'm looking for a caffeine and under eye concealer sponsorship because I rep both heart. <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much. So I want you to tell us a little bit about the dynamics of your personal and professional life beyond your bio and anything you're really excited about right now. Well, I could lie and tell you that I am surviving and thriving, but I will <laughs> be completely transparent and let you know, like there's a couple different, like, you know, parents and tech groups. And like, God, I feel like I am failing as both a mother first and foremost, half the time. And the other half the time, I feel like I'm failing as a founder because I can't give either the attention and love that they deserve. Or like, maybe I could, if I lived in another universe, um, but I think that's just part of it. Right. And they both yeah. fuel each other. Like it's, I think that's, what's so great about being mission driven and creating my cause is like, I know that I have to drive hard on both sides to be the best version to get both little bird to where it needs to go and makes me a better parent, you know, being a part of little bird. So, yeah, I so appreciate your transparency. It's something that I've actually been thinking about a lot and um, I'm actually going to be recording an episode in the next week or so about how not being transparent is actually harmful to other women specifically. 
I think that when we look like we have it all together, it makes other women think that they are something's wrong with them, that they don't have it together. And so what you just said about like feeling like you're failing at motherhood and in business, while I I'm, don't want you to feel that way, I think that that's how we all, we all always feel. And also like we are navigating and existing in systems that were set up to never make us successful to do two things very full-time. 100%. 100%. I mean, yeah, yeah. we're combating not only the paradigms we, were, we grew up in, but like our societal norms. Yeah. And I think I'm at conflict with that, like in how I was mm-hmm. raised, but also feeling like I have a desire to do something and I want to fulfill my dream. I don't want to kind of squash and resent that. I think it's like a Jeff Bezos thing. So don't judge me for saying it, (laughs) but like I read, or maybe it was like one of his like speeches, something about like, you know, is the regret of not doing it going to outweigh like the actual like failure of saying that you've done it. And I'm just actually feeling blessed and thankful enough that I like have something that I'm passionate about because there were a lot of years that I didn't wake up with that yeah. drive. And I was trying to attach to something that gave me more meaning. And luckily, you know, both through parenthood and little bird, I like kind of fell into that. Like I was a reluctant founder. I can tell you that, but mm-hmm. there's no way I can do it. But really the only person that tells you you can't is yourself. So when yeah. you talk about being a reluctant founder, the word founder is a scary word. And I think it when is. we think, and this might've felt exciting. Well, you said you're reluctant, so maybe not, but like, <laughs> I'm thinking like, there's probably people that think it sounds really exciting to be a founder or like a women in tech founder. Oh. I'm like that. I can't think of anything more scary except for maybe like skydiving. <laughs> it just sounds like such a daunting time. I'm like, I don't know how to raise money and I don't know how to navigate tech and like all of that. And especially to do that as when you're also parenting. Cause I know that people in tech and founders, like it's not like something you do for 20 hours a week. It's very full time. And it, like you said, like someone says you want to get coffee at 6am and you're like, absolutely. Yes, I'll be there. Cause that could be the investor you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk a little bit about, about that reluctancy? And was there like something that shifted it for you? Yeah. Um, when I was initially starting out, I had the idea and I was talking to a lot of my other friends that had been founders or entrepreneurs in the past from college, whatever kind of relationships, you know, throughout the universe, just, Hey, here's my idea. Like essentially kind of pitching them to see if like they would take it. Cause I'm like, this is such a great idea. Someone should do it. And now that mm. is something that like, really turns me off. I have so many people like, Hey, you should like, mm-hmm. if it's your idea, that's yours. Own it. The you shoulds is just yeah. like punting the responsibility and ownership and the hard work, right? Like mm-hmm. ideas are so cheap and you're, everyone's afraid that, Oh, someone's going to steal my idea. You know what? Operational execution is so expensive from time, money, energy that yeah. if that's yours own it and the reluctancy of being a founder i think it's so funny because some people like their dreams i want to be a founder and like that's their mm-hmm. status they want to attach to fine cool like everyone's right. got their thing for me it was just i wanted you know this peace of mind for my family like i'm now a single mom and that was a journey that I mean, no one gets married expecting they're going to get a divorce so but it's now mm-hmm. a part of my story and a part of little bird and that i want to feel present well, apart from my children. And I did try to buy this product and it didn't exist. And Hey, it's not just me that's experiencing this sort of problem fit, right? It's anyone that's in a caregiver situation that's like, whether it be special needs, differently abled, elderly, you know, there's this whole kind of parenting paradigm where we have connectivity zero to one and then six plus and our dogs, we have all this information with wagon Rover, but I don't have information about like, you know, where my child is, who they're with, how they're doing, like, What's the digital health option? Like, what's the aura ring for kids? Like we had to go and create that category for ourselves. And I got so much pushback when I was talking about it because there was 
oh, it's so obvious. It already exists. Well, I think that's a good idea then. But at first I felt the same way. There's imposter syndrome. I think that's a dirty word, you know, especially mm-hmm. for like women in tech these days. Yeah, absolutely. Men don't feel that, but it is something right. that we do experience. So we should mm-hmm. probably talk about it. Yeah. And am I the right person? Am I qualified? I'm sorry if I'm going off on a diatribe now, but I no, go please through do. <laughs> hundreds of investor pitches and I'll talk to some of my guy friends that have corned or, you know, done really successfully and exited. And the questions I get are something they've never faced. Like why mm. you? What in your background makes you the right person for this? I'm a parent and I tried to buy it, like have some technology, but like for the most part, like they're creating marketplaces or they've done, you know, defined entire industries. Their background is marketing. They're not mm-hmm. specialists in, you know, whatever category. I don't want to throw them under the bus by like kind of naming what they're doing, but it's so why they're the right person mm-hmm. is never the question. And you're faced with all this doubt and resistance. It's ridiculous. Oh, I yeah. also think that there is like no one who is more invested and like in eager as a mom who really needs something like when you're a mom who needs something you're like I will find a way and I don't mm-hmm. think that men understand that <laughs> I think that they're like oh that's cute and you're like no 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 like I will make it I will find it I will develop it that I think that tenacity is really really incredible because to your point you're looking for the thing that's going to solve a specific problem and when it's related to your kid you're like desperate for that thing. And you'll do anything to make that happen. How old are your kids? Irish twins, but I have a three-year-old and a four-year-old, both boys. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I love it. Um, that's months very, <laughs> very busy, very busy at your house. So when we think about three and four-year-olds, and I think about my son who was in preschool from two until almost six across the street from our house, really hard transition, like multiple years of hard transition to walk across the street and drop him off every morning. And when I think about what you've created with Little Bird and being able to check in and see how he's doing, instead of like sitting at home with my heart just breaking for hours and each day, there's a tremendous need there for us to be able to support our kids. And I, I'm hesitant to use the word monitor because I feel like that sounds so helicoptery, but it is the way to monitor. And I also love that you're talking about this for caregiving in so many different capacities, a way for us to be able to support slash monitor our aging family members. And so it's really this like spectrum of caregiving. You know, if you have an aging parent with dementia, Alzheimer's, or just kind of late stage aging, like to be able to see like, are they safe? They have another caregiver. Like, did they eat this morning? Did they go to the bathroom? (laughs) These are all things that are really important. So can you talk a little bit about, if I recall, uh, you started product development or the idea during the pandemic. Is that correct? Yeah. Incorporated nine months pregnant in 2020 because no time like the present. And yeah, yeah, I was hacking existing products with a team, you know, post C-section laptop on my belly going through like our different flows and things like that. And then was putting, you know, Fitbits and Apple watches with this third-party app on my toddler while I had my newborn. And I sent some outs to some of my friends and I was like, oh my gosh, this isn't the solution. Like I can't unlock the Bluetooth and like share this Bluetooth tether of knowing who he's with. And also there's a screen, there's a litany of things. And like that, that information also isn't mine because you're going through different APIs or um, layman's terms, you know, your information is getting shared. And I wanted that secure connection. Like this is kids. Like people are going to want to know, like, regardless of whatever, like, you know, encryptions or stuff they say on these different apps, like we need, it's a phone and it's a device. Right. And so 
I talked to everyone I possibly could up and down both coasts that had ever touched a wearable or connected device in any capacity from engineers to founders, to investors, to R and D houses and landed on the team that took Fitbit from idea to exit new deal design. And we kicked off in April, 2021. So two years ago. So we've gone from idea with them to now defining the entire category. We've won, you know, fast companies, wellness design, innovation awards. It was us ordering in Fitbit. It's we've got wow. juvenile product manufacturing, you know, technology of the year award. Like it's such an open category and people are so hungry from it, not just from like the parents, but just caregiving because mm-hmm. for saying this, cause I think that some people, some men in particular that like our emotional stakeholders, you know, feel like they're being left. But I, I mean this for anyone that is the primary, like emotional stakeholder in like a children's life, like primarily women have the emotional mm-hmm. burden of scheduling, monitoring, and like delegating care tasks for both yeah. their children and like, you know, aging parents. And there aren't a lot of resources for mm-hmm. us to so be like, well, why hasn't it, you know, been done before? And like, what other like real women are in like the you know predominant, like the wearables category and like being yeah. able to go through some of this, it really did take someone that had this pain point to unlock that potential. And I was like, did I want it to be me? No, like, I think I have <laughs> enough going on. Um, <laughs> But I think it's just like the inbound, like connecting with other parents and connecting with people with like aging parents. Like these are all people with the mind of a toddler that are requiring constant supervision. Yeah. But we all know that like their health and wellness is just as important. And it also impacts our own sleep and activity and things like that. Totally. So how are we not like quantifying that? And I just, um, I feel so thankful for, I think so much has been serendipitous, but I think that's also just the universe being like, Hey, like this is a resource and a support system for a community that's been completely underserved. Right. This episode is supported by Active Skin Repair. Active Skin Repair is a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. I just randomly... Vinny was having a toe skin irritation issue and he ended up having this like skin that was really irritating him and it was getting kind of like icky and you know like when kids start to get like little scabs and scratches and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse and so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship and I got to put it to use immediately and I got the ointment formula or the like ointment formulation and then also the spray and the spray was perfect so Vinny does not like ointmenty creamy lotiony things on his body but I was able to get out the spray literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived put it on his toe before he went to bed and the next morning he was like mom my toes all better it was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly so you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues including cuts scrapes burns sunburns rashes other types of skin damage it's totally safe non-toxic suitable on all types of skin even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin this is also safe for the young members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500,000 happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients, active skin repair is something that you want to have on hand for your family. So to get your own active skin repair, go to activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and get 20% off your order when you use the code shameless. That's activeskinrepair.com. Use the code shameless for 20% off your order. Activeskinrepair.com, code shameless. 
This episode is supported by AquaTrue. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process. And their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing. And they remove 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS, which can lead to potentially adverse health effects like cancer, endocrine system disruption, and liver toxicity, which is part of what makes AquaTrue so special, unique, and important in terms of how they are able to filter water. They also have water purifiers to fit every type of home. So like the installation-free countertop purifier that we have at our house to higher capacity under sink options. They even have Wi-Fi connected purifiers and mineral boost options. So I'm so excited about our new AquaTrue. And here's the thing. I swear it's like a gentle reminder to actually drink more water every time you walk into your kitchen. So we are drinking more water now and also more clean water. So more water that is more clean. It feels like a double win. I'm feeling pretty impressed with us. I feel like sink water, tap water becomes invisible at a certain point. And when I see the purifier on my counter, it's like many time a day reminder to like, keep drinking, keep drinking. So I want you to check out AquaTrue for yourself and for your family. AquaTrue comes with a 30 day money back guarantee and that makes it a great gift as well. Today, my listeners, can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S, AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. So Little Bird is a wearable device, like in the configuration of a watch. Yes. And when you... You have these three questions that parents are asking themselves when they're away from their kids. And when I read your questions, I was like, oh my gosh, these were the exact questions in my mind for literally four years when my child was going to reluctantly going to preschool across the street. Um, And then also that first year of kindergarten, not going to lie, like it still happened, you know? So, and like you said, like that age from two to six or one to six. And the three questions are, is my child safe? What is my child doing? And how is my child feeling? And that is like, I know there's some daycares that have video cameras and you can kind of like watch and spy mine. Our preschool daycare was not like that. And I remember like dropping my child off so many times and then like sending an email two hours later, like, um, can I just, is he still crying? <laughs> um, and like no preschool teacher wants like 18 of those emails from 18 parents every morning. So can you talk about how little bird goes about asking those questions? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, we have, an AI component and that doesn't, isn't there to like scare parents. It's like an enabling technology. Right. And we're actually using this in all the other wearables and all of our systems that we're playing with. Like, what is your child's baseline? Like for activity, sleep, heart rate. And then how does that correlate to different situations? And can we then, you know, provide that information to parents? Like, okay, so, you know, they got this amount of activity on this day, maybe they're getting less steps here, less active. I mean, like for babysitters too, like, are they watching Netflix or are they outside? You know, are they going where they're supposed to be going for sleep, you know, modeling what that individual child, like get the most hours at, like, are they better when they sleep at seven or eight? Like that's a roadmap that we're really working into. And the more children that wear this, you know, the more we can educate our platform because you think about it and this whole, you know, attachment theory and everything for the one to six we're setting our sleep, you know, habits for us for our life, our activity, 
our eating habits, our relationships, all of that is formed in this very early age group. And there's nothing really supporting that or like or evidence-based. We look at like, okay, now we're, you know, optimizing human potential on 18 plus or like us, like how much do we like optimize my like sleep habits, like I, mm-hmm. my personal battery charge, whatever the technologies are telling mm-hmm. us, you know, as adults, that's reactive. How can totally. we set up our children for success early on? Mm-hmm. And I think that is like establishing those healthy kind of parameters now. And also like, how does that influence parents? Because I want to know if my kid's trending towards illness, we're not enabling that right now, but we can do that through the biometric, you know, collections and like, okay, this is the direction things are going based on how they've been in the past. And that is so important um, mm-hmm. because I mean, you're, t- you're talking about having a sick kid. It is debilitating. Yes. Right. And then it's like, yes. okay, the rest of the family is going to go down, but like, I'm yep. not operating at 110%. I'm probably at 50 you know, percent capacity mm-hmm. getting kicked in the back while smelling his, you know, adorable hair, but like, you know, and wiping a booger nose. And I'm like, <laughs> then I got to go pretend like, you know, I'm, you know, CEO and I get not pretend, but like, you know, I gotta go right, put my, right. put my face on. It feels like pretend though, when you're like, it hold does. on, like I have snot on my arm. My kid is barfing. I, I'm, if I have it too, I'm literally at, you know, 50% at best, but still required to operate at 110. Like the kid, nothing change your requirements or what you need to show up for as a parent has only gotten more intense in those moments when your kid's sick. And if you're sick too, you're like, oh, great. I got to show up 185%, but I feel like 30%. Like a shell of a human. And you're, I don't want to say competing, but you are showing up against people that have full night of sleep and like (laughs) multiple full nights. And you think about that sleep deprivation as like, you know, like the newborn thing, but now you're getting into it again, you know, when everybody in your family is getting sick and it's, it's challenging. I'm like, okay, well, how do we kind of run into that, like, what does my kid need? Do they need more sleep? Should I, if they're trending this way, like, I just wanted to have insights into that. And that's where we're really calling it. Like, how do we do this digital health component for children? And then also provide parents with kind of like the daycare checklist. Like, Hey, I want photos yeah. of my kids. Like, give me the candidates. I don't care. Like, right. I don't care if it's a great photo. Like, I want to see how they are they're throughout doing, the yeah. day. Yeah. Like, and you know, we have like a mood input that you can share, like what the moods are, like what kind of kid am I going to get when I get home? And that's also feeding our, you know, baseline for your children's information. Like, okay, like this is how they were based on these activities. And for us, it's just more information just improves outcomes. And totally. we're just really want to support families in that way. Cause it does feel like we have so much support zero to like, I just had all my breakfast conversation. I was telling you about, mm-hmm. you know, they're like, well, why like this wasn't, she wasn't a parent. And I'm like, think about how much support and information you were inundated with when you were pregnant and all the community. And it's going to be so warm and fuzzy. And then you have the child <laughs> and it's great for like a month. And then everyone kind of disappears. And you're like, yeah. like no more meal train. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like trial by fire. And you're like, I'm supposed to keep this person alive. Like I can mm-hmm. barely keep myself alive. I've been hit by a bus. And many yeah. of us are then going back to work because there's not a whole lot of, you know, parents leave, but we can talk about that later. Um, and you're like, okay, like I have no way to validate my children's care. Like, how are they really, they can't necessarily tell me how their day is. Like you were talking about, can we then validate, like, this is a good situation or they are stressed the whole mm-hmm. time in there. And I wanted care transparency um, and just like the most accessible form when I mean, we have you know baby monitors, we have outlet, we have snoo, we have all of these connected devices for, you know, monitoring ourselves and our children, basically zero to one, but then it's kind of just an open category, 
right? There's like, okay, like sink or swim guys. Like it, it's yeah. worked out for generations in the past. I'm like, but does it have to be like that? Right. I love your point around. It's so interesting. And I think every mom can relate to this. There's like really little metrics for any kid and they'll be different from one kid to the next, but there's right. little metrics that like, we know that if some, a certain thing happened with our kid during the day, again, a little thing, it changes everything for the rest of the day. And when I was looking at um, little bird online, I was, there was some samples of like how you can use the app and how it like tracks all these different really great things um, like sleep and mood and being able to share photos and being able to share like how your child's doing. And and I believe it also has GPS location on it. Doesn't it? Of course. (laughs) That's what I thought. I was like, that's the first thing I thought I saw, but I wanted to make sure. So what I loved though, is one of the examples you used was a caregiver reporting on what a child ate for a meal. And you just used the example of like what my kid ate for lunch. If I knew on any given day, now my child's 10 and in the fourth grade, and this, I, this is still would be so helpful. If I knew on any given day that my child did not eat lunch at school, I know what kind of kid I'm getting. And it's very different. And I need to be prepared in a very different way if my child did not eat lunch. And this has been true for my child for every single day that he's eaten his lunch outside of this house. And so some days he eats enough lunch and other days he will eat little to none because he's too busy talking or he didn't like the hot lunch option or whatever. And I will get a bit of a monster. And if I knew like, Hey, show up at pick up with snacks or maybe a full meal support our second part of the day, like 3 PM to on totally different way. Instead of me being like, Oh my God, what am I walking into? Yeah. Same with naps. I mean, I think yeah, like there's, yeah these kind of primal things, like they eat, sleep and love. Mm-hmm. And are they getting that? Are they feeling yeah. that? And it does change how we parent and what we yeah. can you know, prepare ourselves for and just trying to support, you know, everyone that can have that information. And I mean, I can even talk about an edge case here. Like we were talking about, okay, like the known variables with the caregiver, right. But for some of these older kids, one of our beta testers was using it on her eight-year-old because she was like, I have no other option to have mm-hmm. a screenless device attached to him mm-hmm. for the GPS. I want to yeah. know that he yeah. got on the school bus. I want to know that, you know, he's at school that he's safe. I mean, this is edge case. I don't want to scare people, but I mean, they had an active shooter drill at mm-hmm. school and it kind of gave me pause. I'm like, we're yeah. in this time where there's so little information and connection to our children that parents you know, either have to put like an air tag or something in their backpack or put like an Apple watch, which is a computer mm-hmm. or cell phone on like young child's wrist. But little bird is still like this option of like a wearable peace of mind in all these different categories. I wasn't even thinking about it in that mm, way, yeah. you know? Um, but she's like, I can't live without it now that like really hits home because, you know, from us just on our, like, you know, as a mom on our day to day, like what child am I getting? How do I feel present? Like Let's improve all of this. And then there's like this huge safety component, which is not like how we designed or like interpreted like our product development roadmap too. But parents are looking for and finding this as a solution for that category. Mm-hmm. And it just makes you think like, wow, we are so under-resourced as moms. Yeah. My son is 10 and a half. And I'm thinking about the conversations that we've had. So for like the past year, year and a half, he's been asking like, Hey, can I walk to this friend's house by myself? Or can I do this by myself? And can I do that? And, or even when he first started going to summer camps, I was like, Oh my God, like, how do I know where he is? And how do I know? Like I'm sending him to these camps and they're like doing bus field trips across town. And I looked into all the different options, like the gizmo, the Apple watch, all these things. And I'm like, 
I just felt like they were all more than he needed. And now of course he's 10 and he's like, when do I get a phone? I'm like, (laughs) not for quite a while if I have my way, but he's wanting more independence. And to have a device where he would have that GPS tracking. I'm like, that's brilliant. I totally, and I appreciate the example that you gave, you know, in a really dire situation too. Like that's a really horrendous and sadly very important thing to be considering. I also want to talk about the care economy. And I would love for you to kind of define that term a little bit, but also how you feel the care economy is underserving. I can't get my words out, parents. Well, where do you want to start? I mean, working parents spend between 55 and 120 minutes with their children per day. The parents worry about their children 39.5 hours per week. So the two full-time jobs, you know, regular hours and then worrying about their children. And we have three and a half million children being born every single year. And 15.6 million of those children that are in the zero to five category are cared for primarily by non-parent caregivers. So we're using nannies, au pairs, friends, daycares, preschools. You know, we need options for support because I mean, so many, I kind of, I don't know, beating a dead horse a little bit where they're talking about, you know, the village is digital and it is right? Like we're not living next to our parents. And I don't think I'm the only person that has boomer parents that (laughs) don't want to be babysitters. They're like, Mm -hmm. we are grandparents. I'm like, what happened to the village? Like, (laughs) no, we're fine. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, mom, like how many times I get dumped at grandma's, you know, so many, but she's like, no, no, no. I'm the fun grandma. She's like, I'm too young to be a grandma. Call me Mimi. (laughs) I love it. Please, like you became a grandmother at 60. I think that's the target age. Like mm-hmm. you're welcome. Like, but <laughs> amazing. That's so that's so funny. Call me Mimi. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> um, my mom also made up a grandma name for herself probably 10 years before I had my child. Like a long time before she actually was a grandparent. She was like, when and she said to my sister, I like, when either of you have a child, I want to be called Lala. And we're like, okay. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so funny, but yes, absolutely. That makes so much sense. This episode is supported by a podcast I want to share with you called Understood Explains. So this is, show is about navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences, which can be so confusing. And so every uh, season of the show is around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily, It's very digestible, and the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Urtube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs and special education and different things on Understood Explained. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. 
This episode is supported by Mysteries About True Histories, a podcast for your kiddos. So from the creators of the hit podcast, Who Smarted, and Netflix's Brainchild comes the adventurous world of mysteries about true histories, affectionately known as math. Every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers on an adventure through time packed with puzzles, hidden equations, history, and laughs, making learning cool. This podcast is perfect for ages six and up, and new episodes drop every Thursday, each stacked with so much laughter that your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. I love a show where, as a parent, you're like, hey, let's listen or watch this or whatever, and your kids are thinking they're like getting extra device time or what have you, and you're like, they're learning right now. So it feels like such a big win. So I want you to go check out Mysteries About True Histories wherever you listen to podcasts. You can tune into Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you're listening to this podcast. So go check out Mysteries About True Histories to listen in and have some fun with your kid while they learn today. I also think that when we're building, like we know that we build the US, the world, build systems that work really well for men. Because the men are the decision makers, men are sitting around on the boardroom table. So we just keep building more and more systems that work great for men. And then like nobody sitting around the table is giving consideration to how does that impact caregivers, i.e. women primarily, and how does that impede women being leaders and being successful and having more seats that they're on the table and being in leadership and all these different things. And it's so incredibly maddening that there aren't men stepping up to be like, how can we be more supportive of moms in the workplace? It's, and when we look at, and this is like going to be my rant, we know that white women are the ones with the power who need to be showing up and taking care of creating more opportunities for black women. Like we talk about that. I mean, like, I think that is pretty broadly known. I'm not saying that all white women are doing that, but I think it's broadly known that like the people with power are the ones that have the resources to create change. When we look at parenting, like where are the men who are like, I'd really love to make things better for moms or for working moms. Like, I'm just not seeing it. Like, is there a coalition somewhere? (laughs) It's insulting that there's not. I mean, I get stuck in these, you know, old white dude meetings and people will be like, my wife would have never used that, you know, or never why my wife's a stay at home mom. And I have stay at home mom is being like, Oh, I would love this at the park. You know, yeah. like are you like, kids. can we just get, call your wife really quick and put her on speakerphone? <laughs> or are you like, Oh, she's taking care of her aging mother as well. Okay. But like, it's not in their wheelhouse and that's fine. Yeah. And that's, I get it. Like not everybody has an iPhone. There's <laughs> Android for a reason, you know, the solutions going back to like, kind of even supporting like the BIPOC communities. Like that's one of the reasons we have a partnership with the YMCA. Like we, want to support working parents, no matter like where they are, who they are and getting this product into the hands of underserved communities, you know, under-resourced communities, and everyone should have access to technology that improves their peace of mind, their like daily life and any like, and their health and wellness of their families. So that was like a really early initiative that we wanted to focus on in terms of accessibility and, you know, an entry point is right. Like, like I feel like a lot of health and wellness is somewhat exclusive, right? Totally. Oh, a number of friends who wear the aura ring. But mm-hmm. I remember the first friend who was like, oh, I'm going to get this and like sending me links and everything. And I looked and I was like, well, oh, that's cute for rich people. Like, And not, I mean, rich is a relative term, but it's like, it's not just the ring, which is expensive, but then it's the monthly subscription. And it's like the, I mean, I would say the same thing about my Peloton. Like mm-hmm. I love my Peloton, but also like a lot of, most people are not going to have like 
2000 grand to spend on a bike to put in their, in their basement. And so recognizing that like, this is going to be great for someone, but Mm -hmm. how are we making sure that other people have the resources that they need? And especially when they need the resources more than others. And so Mm -hmm. when we're talking about safety and kids, the people that need the resources most dramatically are often the ones that can't afford the resources. And mm-hmm. I mean, I think that that's a really important angle to be looking at it from. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that was like when we were doing our pricing, we we're like, okay, like mm-hmm. we're in the baby monitor, you know, kind of space here and let's price it below like our, our subscription, you know, and accessibility because we have to be able to like provide that connectivity. And like, it right. has to be like kind of at the minimum that we can afford to provide mm-hmm. it. I'm like, and it has to be less than the cost of one, you know, babysitter's hourly wage for the mm-hmm. whole month right? Like how do we give them that peace of mind at like a price point that they can attach to and like, you know, support their family with like give them that information. And that's where we really settled out on things is, okay, here's our cost to build. And like, here's our cost to get it into their hands and loving it. And like, you know, it's cheaper than an O-ring and Apple watch and all these other things. Um, And then we have our, like the subscription to be like, okay, we'll build some of that subscription into our early costs so they can at least try it out. Does it work in their life? And then here's what it costs to like stay on the platform. And we have a pipeline of like other amenities that we can, you know, send the updates to them, but like just getting people on network and accessing information was my my priority. Yeah, absolutely. What advice do you have for other moms out there with an idea? Like I want to kind of end with (laughs) wrapping it up with shifting away from caregiver, but into founder mode. I know there's other moms who have an idea. And we've also just made it like even more intimidating. We're like, it's really scary out there with all those dudes around the table. And so when there's a mom with an idea, what's your advice for them? To, and how can they take an idea and run with it? I saw Ted Lasso's episode last week where she just imagined all the men at the table as little boys. And that's literally what yeah. you have to do because they all talk a big game and everyone is blowing smoke. They all, I mean, we're all just pretending essentially at the end of the day, like it's just who's acting on their idea. And I hate when people say we all have the same hours in the day, because some days I feel like I've lived seven years and other days they feel really, you know, like go over in a blink of an eye, but to get to the point of where you can act on your idea is you just got to find things that you love and incorporate more of that into your life. And it doesn't feel like work. You're like, Oh, you work so much. I'm like, I'm not working. Like I'm hanging out with my friends and they, happen to be other founders or other moms. And like, we're just kind of jiving and that doesn't feel like work. That's just kind of ideation and resourcing yourself, like making sure you get the sleep. I know that it's hard some days, but taking that time for yourself, a cup of coffee in the morning, like setting your alarm, like 30 minutes earlier, like even getting five or 10 minutes to yourself can feel like that change that you need. And I was not good at this in the beginning Mm. and I've had burnout and I don't know if you've been there, but it is the worst feeling in the world. And how do you like, I'm not always like this chipper, um, <laughs> not all sunshine and rainbows. And I'm like, okay, shoot. I'm not investing in myself. And guess what? Like the person that if this falls apart, like if I fall apart, the whole thing falls apart, right? I yeah. am the pillar of this. I am the investment and you have to invest in yourself. So do whatever it takes to find your bliss. Yeah. I want to point out something that I've seen you do in this conversation in terms of how you've talked about your ideas with other people, specifically rooms full of men. And also some advice I gave to my son recently, he was trying out for this all-star baseball team. And he um, had a really hard time with a practice right before tryouts and was really frustrated and was crying and threw his glove across the field. 
And, and then we were talking about it and he's like, I messed up five times in a row during this practice. That means I'm going to mess up five times in a row for tryouts. And so I said, well, if you go into it and you fall apart, when you make a mistake in the middle of tryouts, they're going to believe that you're not confident because you're going to be showing them that you're not confident, that you get really easily frustrated, that you think that you're not good. If you go into it and you miss make five mistakes in a row, but every time you're like, okay, let me just try again. And you like keep a light attitude about it and you display confidence. They will believe that. Yes. And so he went to tryouts the next day. And, and I said, even if you're faking it, even if on the inside, you're like freaking out and crying on the outside, you're just like, I got it. So we went to tryouts, totally confident the whole way through made the, to my shock made the team because I, I was like, I don't <laughs> think he's going to like, there's some really good people trying out. He made the team. And afterwards I was like, see what happens when you, when you pretend you're confident, people believe you like either way, they're going to believe you. So if you are, if you have an idea and you take it into this boardroom of men or people that are, you know, have more power than you and you go in and you're like, I don't know. I just, I'm kind of curious. Like, what do you think? And do you think I should change anything? Like, they're going to be like, well, she doesn't seem very confident. Like they're going to have the same doubt that you have. But if you go in and you're like, here's what I got. Here's what's needed. Here's some statistics to support this or research to support this. Like what are next steps? Then they're going to take, feel that confidence and energy and they're going to follow your lead. Like either way, they're going to follow your lead. So when you have an idea and when you're a mom who wants to go make a move in one direction or another, like lead with confidence, even if you're faking Mm -hmm. it, then that doesn't mean you don't do something that you're not, that's going to irresponsible or that you're totally not qualified for, but that you're being strategic with your emotion around it in terms of how you want to display leadership and power in any given moment. No, the nugget is that you have the confidence and that you're not afraid to fail because you're going to fail regardless. And you're going to fail over and over (laughs) again. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, they want to know that you can pick yourself up again. Like Mm -hmm. I tell people I have an iron jaw. I can take a punch. I get told no all the Mm -hmm. time. The company, like it feels like everything's like on fire all the time. It's Mm -hmm. how you think your way out of it. And you think about like, Oh, the, you know, Tom Brady and Michael Jordan and like them not being picked for whatever round. It's the same thing. It's not always the best, like, you know, on paper, it's the most determined and just got to have that fire. And yeah, I mean, we're all like, you just have the confidence that you're like, yeah, this is going to fail. And like, I had this conversation last year was, or last week, someone, and they're like, yeah, this is not going well. It had to break (laughs) to build it better. You had to see where it's totally like you, you, when you're trying new things, you have to like fit the cracks. It's like, you can't just keep putting band-aids on something, tear it down and build it better with the knowledge that you just learned from the failure. So, yep. I love that so much. So tell people we've really, I think covered who <laughs> can be supported by little bird, but where can people find it and get more information and see if it's the right fit for their family in terms of caregiving, whatever the spectrum of caregiving is in any <laughs> given kind of family, village, household, or interstate, international situation. Yeah. Check us out, uh, www.littlebird.care. Um, our social media handles are is at littlebirdcares with an S. Um, just kind of explore that if you want. And I would love to get anybody that signs up for our early access $50 off with a shameless promo code. If anyone in the community wants to be a part of that, we're going to be doing some early rollouts. And so everybody else is going to get it uh, December 15th in time for Christmas, but our priority and our in the know folks are getting this first and foremost as Christmas's hottest gift this year. So nice. So if people want a little bird wearable device for their children, for other family members in their life, littlebird.cares and then use the promo code shameless to save $50. Did I get all that right? Littlebird.care is just the, um, yeah. Littlebird. 
the website. Okay. <laughs> not there's no S on the end. The S is just for the social handles. Yeah. Okay. 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 I'm, I'm changing my notes here. Okay. So <laughs> littlebird.care promo code shameless. And then my other question, um, I think I have all my links here. I'm just double checking my notes. So my last question that we always end with is how are you currently showing up as a shameless mom? besides looking uh, like a rag doll <laughs> on this call. I think I hope people can't see this. No, um, just being there for other moms. I mean, I'm always that person that if you need to talk to me at any time, like within my friends, I'm always accessible. And I hope that other moms can do that for each other too. Like you never know when someone just needs that phone call or that text. Um, yeah. and you know what? It's okay to say no to when you don't have the bandwidth, but, um, totally. yeah, just, keep on going. You got it. Moms, like we're all there in it together. It's so hard, but somehow we wake up and do it every day anyways. So yes, yes. high fives. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah. That's always my thing. Like I forgot to take, make a lunch for my kid recently. And uh, I had to take it, like come home from drop off, make the lunch, take it back. And I put up this post. It was like hugs and high fives to all the other moms who forgot to make lunch today. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, being a founder is hard. Being a mom is harder. So like, if you can do it, like you're already there, you're already, yes, like there. you're already doing the hardest part. Yes. yes. Just, you've already like the worst of it's over. <laughs> I so. love it. That's, that's such a powerful and, um, and absolutely correct way to be ending. <laughs> oh my goodness, Monica. I'm so excited for you, for what you're doing. I'm also really grateful for the way that you're showing up as a leader for like, as a representative of women in tech, um, and moms in tech, I think that this is incredibly important work and your tenaciousness and resilience um, to see an opportunity and then go act on it is something that supports women everywhere. It's giving other women permission to do the same thing. And that's a really big deal. So thank you for your work and your investment in moms and in families and wishing you all the best. And I hope lots of people go out and get their little bird um, as a result of this conversation. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Sarah. Talk soon. Take care. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review that will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week. Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. I'm 
Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts.